Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into the 2022 Persuasion adaptation. Yes. So exciting. The only one. There was originally going to be more than one. Remember we were talking yeah, about how they were going to have we're so excited. competing adaptations. <laughs> Who was doing the other one again? I can't remember. Was it Prime? It was, I think it was a movie. So I made focus features. I feel like they're the oh. ones who made some Jane Austen. I, I have know no if, idea. I didn't know if it was like another streaming app or something, but I remember I like, so. we had mentioned at some point that it kind of like stopped and that was kind of sad because just always want more Jane Austen stuff, but this was really good. I loved it. Yeah, me too. I, I'm sure I'll have plenty to say about it, but honestly... <laughs> Maybe my favorite persuasion adaptation. <laughs> I agree. Think I'm insane, but <laughs> I absolutely love it. I would say, in general, persuasion is kind of like, in general, my least favorite book, just because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love it and it's their favorite, and I totally understand. We loved it too when we read it, but I just find yeah. it to be so. And I think this is actually based on the adaptations more than the book, but like, mm. I have a competing version of Anne than I feel most people have. Which mm-hmm. is, I always find her to be like a strong person who just doesn't really care and doesn't feel the need to yeah. justify herself to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I always find that the adaptations, she seems like kind of pathetic <laughs> and going around. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was also my interpretation based on the one adaptation I've seen that we've watched together. That one's particularly bad about it. <laughs> yeah, it just was very depressive. And the, all this being said, I did enjoy that adaptation. That's not like I did yeah. enjoy it. So I thought Sally Hawkins was great. But I also have this like picture of Anne in my mind where she is just doesn't care anymore. Like she's kind of at this point in her life where she's looked at a certain way by her own family and because she's not married and she's not quote unquote, the prettiest, whatever that means. But, you know, I feel like at this point in her life, she just doesn't care. Like what's, she's at this point where she's like, what's the point in being down in the dumps? Yeah. And I mean, she regrets things she's done, but she doesn't, you know, she, she realizes what her family is. She's very, she doesn't ever, I mean, sometimes she cries. Yes. But she cries in this adaptation too. Right. And Who but doesn't? mostly she like gets along with people. She's a good conversationalist. People really right. enjoy her and talk to her a lot, you know. Yeah. Even if she isn't given the kudos maybe that we want her to get. But yeah, so I appreciate, you know, this version where I can actually laugh because it is still Jane Austen and it's all caricatures of people. So we're supposed right. to find them funny. <laughs> and right. I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> Right. Me too. And, you know, I think there was a little bit like of modernizing and a little bit, which may have appealed to us in that way. But I feel like you can't do an an adaptation without a little bit like you don't want us us to be completely set in that time. A hundred, a hundred percent, like 98 percent. Sure. Yeah. I just enjoyed the fact that like it seems like in this adaptation Anne kind of has her life. It's not like she's like wandering and she's like aimless and lost without Wentworth and whatever like she has her own little like unit in a way like with the rabbit and (laughs) you know she has a really good relationship with Mary's kids it seems like and she's a really good aunt 
And so she seems happy yeah. in this one. Yeah. And, you know, this is why I always say every adaptation is great because it gives you a new perspective on the material because we can read it and see Anne one way. Another person can read it and see her another way. And right. if we both make movies, then <laughs> exactly then we can get a broader perspective on her as a character. And like, you know, I feel like modernizing it to a certain extent yeah. works because, as I always forget, it is in a different time period where we're not, we don't have the same expectations and stuff right. as they would then. So it's kind of hard to read, like, what would she really be thinking in this situation? Which I'm sure Jane Austen was like, well, everybody knows what you're thinking in this situation. But mm-hmm. removed from that time period, it does help to have, like, you know, some more conversation with the audience, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. And that's the point that I really that's something I really loved about this adaptation is when she would break that fourth wall and talk to camera. It feels almost like we had the narrator present in the story without yeah. having this like over boy over recorded voice, just telling us a story. It just feels a little bit like, I don't know, like we get to spend more time with Anne and I always appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, that, is exactly the same thing that happened in the Sally Hawkins version. She broke mm-hmm. the fourth wall and cried at us all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if she spoke to us, but she definitely looked at us a lot. It was like, can you believe this shit? Or like, oh God, <laughs> right. this is the worst. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so I just appreciate that. And I don't know. I think it really works with Austin too, because it's mm-hmm. so, you know, it's all about, it's, I feel like her work is so much about her as an author, mm-hmm. even though, you know, just like her wit and the way she speaks and writes yeah. and draws characters. So Yeah. And there's like plenty of moments in the books that we've read where she's saying she's having the characters say one thing, but we know Jane is telling us a different thing by having us tell, you know, having them say that. And so it's almost like we're getting it her and that sort of like line reading by her talking to camera yeah yeah so i appreciate it so i really liked it i've heard Mm -hmm. some people defending it and i've heard a lot of people (laughs) just being like either bashing it or just kind of like dismissing it as like oh well it's it's its own thing you know but i was actually whatever (laughs) i was kind of worried because everybody went crazy and i i liked the tone of the trailer but like I kind of mm-hmm. thought I was going to watch it and be like, well, that was a wide departure from Persuasion, but I still like it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised the whole time, like, no, this feels very like Persuasion. No, this has mm-hmm. a, a Persuasion score. <laughs> it's got a Persuasion scenery. <laughs> yeah. They're mostly hitting every story beat. So. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty true to the book for the most part. Even, you know, even the big moments like the lime trip or... Um, you know, when yeah. she gets to Bath, like it kind of follows it pretty well. So, yeah. Oh, well, well, should we go ahead and do some notes before we like really, really get into it? Because I feel like I'm just going to start talking. About yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So notes for persuasion. It was released on July 15. It was directed by Carrie Cracknell and Carrie the script- Cracknell. 
Carrie Cracknell. Cracknell. Okay. Yay for a woman director of Jane yes. Austen. <laughs> <laughs> another one, and it was another, you know, hit with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the screenplay was written by Ron Bass and Alice Victoria Winslow. So okay. they both shared it. And so for our cast, we had Dakota Johnson as Anne Elliott. Really enjoyed her. I really enjoy her too. I really enjoyed Dakota Johnson and I you know a lot of people have their opinions on her because she did 50 shades of gray but I think she's wonderful I think that's a great way to break into the movie business. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly we had Cosmo Jarvis as Wentworth mm, it's a very attractive cast <laughs> uh yeah I was like okay <laughs> everyone's a supermodel <laughs> it's a cast that uh Sir Walter Elliott would love because <laughs> they're yes. all very good looking yes. Uh, but speaking of, uh, we have Richard, <laughs> the great Richard E. Grant as Sir Walter. Oh Elliott. my God. He was so Amazing. Good. Amazing. So great. You have Yolanda Kettle as Elizabeth Elliot. Also very great. Yes. And then we had, let's see, Nikki Amuka Bird as Lady Russell, who also was really great. I loved her adaptation of Miss Russell. Lady Russell. Yeah. 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 Um, wait, had, wait, say her first name one more time. Uh, Nikki. Nikki. Wait, say the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Her first name is Nikki, like N-I-K-K-I. And her last Uh name is Amuka Bird. A-M-U-K-A dash bird. Because I've seen her and stuff before. I've just never known her name. So yes. Yes. She's oh yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. And then we had uh Lydia Rose uh Bully, I think her last name is. Lydia Rose Bully as Mrs. Clay or Miss Clay, excuse me. I think she's a Mrs. Clay. Mrs. Clay? Okay. Because she's because she was married and her husband died. Okay. Because she's credited as Penelope Clay. So I was like, uh, uh-huh. I can't remember. Well, they never really got into that. So might as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. We had Agnes Scott as Mrs. Croft. Stuart Scudamore as Admiral Croft. Mia McKenna Bruce as Mary Musgrove, who I thought was uh, hilarious. Uh, so great. Nia Tell as Louisa Musgrove. Izuka Hoyle as Henrietta Musgrove. So refreshing to like the Musgrove girls. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm excited to talk about them because I felt that they were so like refreshing. Yeah. That's kind of like where I felt like the the modernization worked because I feel like back in the day, we wouldn't have thought they were as annoying as from a modern perspective we think they are. So I feel right. like it really worked to kind of like give them a little more substance. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of give them more than just being, well, I guess you could say Louisa as like a foil to Anne in a way. Exactly. Then we had Hardy Yusuf as little Charles Musgrove and Jake Siame (laughs) as James Musgrove, the cutest little kids. Adorable. And then Ben Bailey Smith as Charles Musgrove. (sighs) Eve Matheson as Mrs. Musgrove. Gary Beadle as Mr. Musgrove. Edward Blumel as Captain Harville. Afalabi Ali as Captain Bennett. Jenny Rainsford as Mrs. Hartville and Henry Golding as Mr. Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the whole cast and I kind of, it's the only thing there's never been a nice, besides the BBC one, there's never been a really long adaptation of Persuasion. Uh They're all like the hour and a half. I think this might be the longest one. But I'm mm-hmm. always like, I want to spend more time with these extra characters. <laughs> I know. I was like, there's so there's so many good characters in Persuasion that I would like to spend more time with. And I feel like we did this one. 
Well, yeah, some of them for sure. We got to spend more time than we would normally. But some <laughs> of them, like the Crofts and yeah, even the rest of the Musgroves, besides like Mary and the girls, I was like, I wish we could see a little bit more. But you know, I don't feel like you ever really get to see everything in adaptation. Yeah, yeah, you you fit in what you can. Just like yeah. <laughs> other book movies, you can't fit everything in. <laughs> exactly. Did you have anything else? No, I couldn't really. I guess because it's so new, there wasn't much like trivia or anything I could find. So I couldn't really find okay, anything. Well, but let's talk a little bit about the response. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any <laughs> specific like tweets or whatever to talk about because whatever i feel like this happens with every fandom if it gets oh large yeah enough, if enough people are online and talking about something first of all they're always 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 going to hate the trailer of course <laughs> always, hate the trailer. <laughs> always if it's i mean we know from when we covered the joe wright pride and prejudice that people were out of their minds with hatred for that adaptation before it started <laughs> they right. cut the ending off when they showed it in england because they were so afraid of their reactions <laughs> so i just it's good for because I, I saw not only a lot of immediate backlash of i hate this this is the worst why would you do this how could you destroy it and i was just <laughs> telling christian i somebody sent me an article that was like is jane austen just a vibe now which made me roll my eyes so hard i just couldn't even <laughs> yeah. with that the title alone <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then there was also backlash to the backlash which i feel is also unhelpful in which a lot of people were implying that if you didn't like the trailer then you are racist <laughs> and uh. i just I, I don't know that they were necessarily saying that per se but i i'm i have been known to make broad statements about things that annoy me right. when people make statements. <laughs> I'm just saying, overall, the entire tone of the entire conversation was just not worthy of a Jane Austen. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily understand the backlash. Personally, I really love this adaptation. A lot of people that I've talked to have really loved this adaptation, but I'm also not a person. The backlash was mostly before it even came out yeah and that's like you know all all big fandoms are like that i mean we just recently got extended trailers for house of the dragon and i'm sure if i went on to some game of thrones forum there's gonna be long little lists about why it's terrible and blah 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 but Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just not that kind of person i like to wait for things to come out and watch them (laughs) it's I think always a horrible idea to formulate an opinion before you've seen something because then exactly. it's really hard to change your mind if it actually is something that you can exactly. Like. And also always keep in mind your perspective on this is going to change. So like, right. like for instance, the first time I watched it, I really enjoyed it, but I was like surprised. The second time I watched it, I was like, I really love this. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like that happens with everything like you might really dislike something but you go back from a different perspective and you're like oh well i was just being you know whatever i was being at the time this right. is more about me and the fact that i <laughs> right. like it about the piece itself right so and- i'm not worried about it i think over time people will come around to it and oh of course 
Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think people have their own opinions about who's involved and all that. And I just, I don't know. I'm just the type of person where I like to give things a chance. You know, I don't, I don't think even like a bad movie is necessarily an offense to me unless there are bad things in it, like (laughs) racism or any sort of phobias. But I mean, if it's just not a great movie, I'm not going to take it personally. I don't think people either. And when you're dealing with social media, it's just my own personal philosophy. (laughs) Just no. (laughs) You you don't have to listen to me, but I don't think anyone ever really wants to hear your negative opinion. (laughs) (laughs) If someone likes something and you're going around saying that you don't like it, then it's going to be... It's there's nothing more triggering <laughs> going on social right. media and hearing other people's opinions. And I feel like if you're expressing something that you do like, then you're much more likely for people to be like, oh, well, maybe I'll check that out. But if you're just going on there to say, I didn't like this thing, then maybe you should ask yourself, who do you think gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh. agree. I, I, I'm just... You know, there is a really, there was a really famous food critic named Jonathan Gold, who I think died either last year or the year before. But um, I like his philosophy of he would never write a bad review of a restaurant. He would go and try it. And then he would only write a review if it was good. And because like, you know, this is people's livelihood and people put effort into these things, whether they're to your liking or not. And so, you know, rather than put more negativity and more like just meanness out, just say what you like about it and move on. If you don't like anything about it, then just move on. Yeah. That's my philosophy. And it's also hard because like you could be someone with zero followers and you just put your opinions out there and you're like, nobody right. even watches my social media, but just so happens that the yeah. word persuasion is trending today. And so right. now you're in a sea of people who are triggering to a whole nother group of people. So. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, all this to say, we loved it. And Jane Austen is not just a vibe. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> such, a, such a weird title for an article. Such a weird topic for an article, but you know. Yes, people have to write articles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have their own opinions, and they're hired to write about them. I guess so. Don't always have to yeah. agree. Yeah. So, anyway, that, <laughs> I'll just I just wanted to get all that out of the way because it was just a lot. It didn't make it fun to go onto social media at all. You know, try to get a mm-hmm. little excited about things, people. <laughs> <laughs> Give things a chance. <laughs> give it a chance <laughs> unless they're made by shitty people then don't <laughs> also when you put your opinion on social media it's more likely to cement it in your brain as something that you can't change as an opinion mm, so always consider that as well because, <laughs> like once it's in writing and people know that that's your opinion you might feel more like well that's my opinion now you have <laughs> you to know? double down <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is why I don't post my opinions on social media <laughs> unless they're like, <laughs> unless it's like the new Beyonce album came out and I just had to post that I love the new Beyonce album. I say if you love something, post it away. But if you exactly. hate something, then maybe reserve judgment. Maybe open the notes app and write or your rant call, in there. Call your sister or your friend and tell right. them why you don't like it. <laughs> yes. Uh, people are silly. All right, but we better get into this because we're all, we've only got 40 minutes left. 
let's do it. Okay, well, we start off and it feels very persuasion-y right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we got the piano score, which was, to me, I kept going, this is like exactly what a persuasion soundtrack sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There was, I think, maybe one modern song that was in there that was used to like a specific effect, but Mm -hmm. mostly it was just kind of forlorn piano music. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But it does turn a little Bridget Jones very early on oh, when yeah. we start getting her voice. Everyone kept comparing it to Fleabag. I've never seen Fleabag, but I felt like very Bridget Jones. Yeah. At the beginning, yeah. especially. She does. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she does talk to camera a lot. And it does kind of have like the same like witty kind of thing. Um, so that's and it's probably like it's a British thing. So they were like British and British must be Fleabag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard E. Grant is awesome as Sir Walter. Amazing. <laughs> he, I think, to me, did the impossible, which was make Sir Walter almost, like, not lovable, but just, like, I don't hate him. And he's funny because yeah. <laughs> he's so ridiculous and so clueless. Yeah. He was so Sir Walter. Like, yeah, I feel like completely Sir Walter from the book. I mean, you, I really like this um, Anthony Michael head i believe who played him in the last version uh-huh. but that was like a totally different kind of yeah. snobbier take which i think either reading could work you know mm-hmm. but yeah, i think Sir Walter I is supposed to be one of the funniest characters and so i think yeah. it really works the way he played it <laughs> yeah because he's so over the top so ridiculous the things he says clearly like you're supposed to react to them and be like, that's not real. That's not what a real person yeah. says. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like he did a great job by making him just so delusional and over the top and have Anne react in that way where she's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they even start with the book, just like the book starts with, you know, right. the book in quotes, the family book. Right. Which I don't think we've had in other adaptations. I don't know. I don't remember them. I feel like the first part when I was watching it, I was very much comparing it to other adaptations, but I feel like I need to to get out of that <laughs> yes. for the rest of this. So I I can't remember if in the actual book, if they said Anne's birthday and if she was a Leo, but in this version, she's a Leo. So <laughs> <laughs> she does kind of give off Leo energy in this one. I do agree with that. Definitely. Definitely. I, I feel like I really enjoy Right off the bat, you like feel Anne's self awareness, which I feel mm-hmm. like she very much is in the book. Like she still has a lot of self awareness, although when it comes to Wentworth, she's kind of you know she in her creates head kind much. of a narrative that is not necessarily <laughs> true. Right. And it's like I mean, she still cries in a room, so it's like she's totally different. <laughs> right. Well, it's like you know she can be depressed and not let her sadness completely rule her life. I think in this one, like her self-awareness is like, okay, that opportunity has passed and I still (laughs) am hurting from it. But also I have all these other moments in my life that are enjoyable to me and they kind of bring me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought her accent was great, Dakota Johnson. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not the greatest judge as we know. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. I thought it was like, I never like 
thought twice about it. I never was like, hmm. Yeah. And I really liked Lady Russell and Anne's relationship from the very beginning. Oh, my God. I love this interpretation of Lady Russell. <laughs> I don't know if we ever, in the book, I can't remember exactly if they told us, like, how old she was. But she always comes across as, like, a lot older, maybe, like, like an older aunt or, like, just borderlining, like, grandma-ish with her she's like her mother's age i believe okay yeah so like an aunt almost but she just comes off as more like matronly and more kind of caretaking in this version Uh she kind of is almost like her best friend like she's like her confidant like they're almost like equals in that way and i love that yeah yeah well and i think that really works because even though she did kind of was like a surrogate mother to her and is now mm-hmm. an adult and like those relationships change. And I right. think even in the book, she was more like a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Especially by this point in the relationship. Yeah. She, <laughs> this version of Anne drinks, which we don't get yeah. in the book, <laughs> but. I like it. <laughs> I could see it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think it almost is like, that's like maybe a little bit of that modernization that I liked about it was that she is self-medicating quote unquote in a way. And, you know, people have their vices nowadays and they did back then. So it just totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of drinking going on back in those days. Oh yeah. So much so that (laughs) they didn't even feel the need to comment on it. (laughs) Exactly. But she's like also very world weary, very, and she's like sad, but mature in the same way that Mm -hmm. Anne is. And I also really like that this Elizabeth doesn't, like, come across, like, I hate Anne. Just, like... Right. You know, it doesn't feel like her family is antagonistic against her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah. I loved this Elizabeth because she's... Essentially, Elizabeth is supposed to be basically a copy of Sir Walter. And so Mm -hmm. she's equally delusional and just unaware of Anne and not actively acting against her. They're more dismissive of her than, you know. And like mean and rude to her. Exactly. We don't get a lot of like Anne's nostalgia for her mother or the house in general, which is fine. It's like unnecessary for this, what they're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just as beautiful as any Jane Austen adaptation. Oh, of course. (laughs) It looks great. And I really love that it's funny. I'm, I, I don't know if I've already said all this, but these are what... You wrote um, down. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I also, I appreciate a funnier one, especially with persuasion, because uh, the tone around adaptations is always so like kind of somber. And even like, I feel like I remember the adaptation we watched and it I feel like it, it had a filter on it that made it like it blues like and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so this one just, it feels lighter. It feels kind of like, oh, I get to like be in the sadness. But then also the next scene, I get to laugh at people. Yeah. 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 This Mary is great. Oh, she's so funny. Henrietta and Louisa, so much less annoying. Oh, that's what I was saying earlier. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. Am I just repeating myself? (laughs) No, you're fine. (laughs) Like in the book, to me, they came across as so freaking annoying and i was the whole time i was watching this going i feel like this is the biggest difference is louise's character but in the book she loves anne 
and yeah. she does defend Anne, and they are friendly. And Anne never thinks of Louisa as being annoying. So I feel like she wasn't annoying <laughs> by Regency standards. She's just annoying by modern by standards. Modern standards. <laughs> so I feel like they've made her less annoying, and that's appropriate. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe in the book, she comes across as like quintessential, like 15, 16-year-old. She is talking all the time. She's overly like flirtatious and kind of ridiculous a little bit. They kind of paint her as that way. And in this adaptation, it feels like she's aged up just like a year or so where she has that closeness with Anne and they don't feel so far apart in age where she's like completely like a foil in a way. And even like with all the flirting with Wentworth and everything, (laughs) it it just never bothered me. It never felt serious. And that's what I really appreciated about this Louisa. Yeah. Also, Mary, I like the way she she still seems to kind of like know what's up with Anne, which is correct. Mary from the book was mm-hmm. the only one I think who knew, or was she? I think um, she, or maybe I think she. Cool. I don't remember. She could, I think, pick up more definitely than Elizabeth and <laughs> Sir Walter. Yeah. I mean, I always feel. I felt. I feel like the adaptations maybe bring it out more or maybe it was also in the book, but I always feel like Anna and Mary's relationship, while while not like the best, like not like right. an Eleanor Marianne type relationship, is right. still um It's still somewhat it's like close. A, yeah, yeah. There is a closeness and I feel like Mary is like the perfect mix of maybe like the sadness of Anne and the ridiculousness of Elizabeth and Sir Walter. Like, I feel like she got that perfect mixture where she kind of is over the top, but not in the same way. And she's a little bit more perceptive like Anne. Yes. I love the way they made her like still annoying, but not shrill, which I feel like is what always happens to Jane Austen women. If they're annoying, they just become like shrill in the adaptations. So yeah, I like, I like, yeah, yeah. I liked how direct she was and she was just kind of like ordering people around and the household, (laughs) instead of like the household being annoyed by her because she's always saying she's sick and she's just always moaning and crying. It was like, everyone's annoyed with her because she's so pushy and she's so (laughs) demanding to fit her own needs. And everyone seems very, it's very psychologically aware, like, yeah. Mary understands that she just needs someone to listen to her talk. <laughs> she's <laughs> right. clear about that. <laughs> but she's yeah. still very funny, like the way they're like the way they're starting to sneak by her in that one scene. And she's like, What makes you think it's because I don't like something? I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> she had last time we had really to carry good. you home. And then she ends up being carried home. Exactly. It's just <laughs> It's like she just I don't know. It's like, um, God, what was I going to say? She just has these great one-liners. And I feel like that's the perfect use of Mary is to kind of throw out these ridiculous one-line statements. Yes, for sure. This Anne is definitely more <laughs> foot-and-mouth cringy than yes. <laughs> the Anne of the book. Who... But in a way, I, I really like that because Anne from the book doesn't really say anything but she does kind mm-hmm. of like distance herself from right. she's always like trying to distance herself and she feels that like i feel like they both kind of feel that like awkwardness of mm-hmm. each other 
And so it's a good way to make us feel what they were probably feeling in the book without ever expressing it out loud. You know, right. like, <laughs> I feel so embarrassed <laughs> and awkward. But they just like, yeah. you know, put some physicality to it with like, the jam mustache and her talking as he walks in. <laughs> and, like, when she calls out the window and <laughs> and then hides real quick. Sees her and then the wine falls on her head. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of like the antics that she got herself into and I feel like it really like endeared us toward Anne even more because you're like okay who isn't awkward around the person that they probably feel like that's the one the one that got away so exactly it just makes her more charming yeah she's funny with her bunny (laughs) her cute little bunny the most docile bunny I don't I mean I've never had a bunny so I don't know maybe they're always docile yeah and well I don't know, maybe it's one of those stage bunnies that lets you hold it. We used to have a rabbit, but I don't think it would let people hold it. It would like run around away from you. And (laughs) her rabbit had like the tiniest, like perfect little ears too. It wasn't like a big eared rabbit. It was cute. Oh, I like, oh, I, this adaptation, I think actually has a scene that no other adaptation has, but which I think is Mm. a favorite scene from the book, which is when we're saving her from the boys. (laughs) It does have it in this one. And I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly the same circumstances, but very similar. And yeah, the other thing this one has that the book doesn't really have is them actually talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. I liked it because it, it just like, they're both like awkward and weird around each other. And yeah, it really drives home that idea that they're just not talking to each other directly and that they both want the same thing but they just won't say it because they're just too weird around each other too scared and it's i think it really works especially for a modern adaptation because in the book we don't know anything about what's happening with wentworth until we get the letter at the end of the book in which he says right i've been doing everything for you this entire time but we never see that we just see from Anne's perspective like oh my god he hates me he's not talking to me so (laughs) it works for them to actually have some conversations we can see that they're both on the same track they're both feeling the same thing which i think is implied by the end of the book Mm-hmm. so anyway I like that <laughs> yeah I think this adaptation made good use about like putting all these little background things in and making them a little bit more obvious for us so that we can kind of follow like the backstories like you see later with Mr. Elliot and Mrs. Clay right there's like little things here and there that I was picking up on like oh, I like how they kind of just it's a lot of foreshadowing a little bit and I just appreciate yeah. that because it just makes more sense rather than a big reveal at the end Right. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like this book, Jane Austen didn't really get to finish it. You know, she didn't get to publish right. it. So there's, I still feel like as a book, it felt like it needed a few more drafts. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I really like that <laughs> she recites poetry, even though it's, <laughs> it's cut short. And, you know, no one's like, oh, Anne, you're reading poetry. But Mary's more like, shut up with the poetry. You know Anne. (laughs) But I always appreciate that about Anne, that she's just like, oh, just reciting poetry on the walk. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that we would probably never see in the book is Anne peeing behind a tree. (laughs) Right. But I don't 
think it's impossible impossible that Jane Austen was thinking that without ever saying, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I it can't be a, a modern thing for... People have always had to pee behind trees. <laughs> exactly. And it kind of adds to like the relatability of it and the awkwardness of her overhearing it. I think it makes it a little bit more like happenstance rather than her just yeah. like, oh, I just walked up and they are talking about me. And <laughs> yeah. And it's less like I'm secretly following you around, which I think right. it can come across as sometimes. Right. And then it kind of also raises the stakes. Like <laughs> what if they got up just now and they find her sitting here peeing in the tree <laughs> and it just <laughs> yeah. kind of makes it like, oh my God, get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Lime. Lime. <laughs> Some of them say Lime. 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 And the guy who plays Harville is in Discovery of Witches and Killing Eve. And probably lots of other stuff, but I just happened to be watching both of those shows at the same time and being like, hey, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's really in your life. <laughs> I really enjoy all the stuff at Harvel's. I really like the way that they feel. They don't feel awkward. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I was yeah. reading something. Uh, I said they don't do light pores in Anne's glasses because they were... No. <laughs> her wine glass and they filled it all the way to the top. <laughs> like we've heard <laughs> Mary told us that you like to drink so <laughs> yeah but it felt very comfortable it didn't feel yeah. like stuffy oh these upper crust people are coming to the Harvels it felt mm-hmm. very like oh we're all comfortable with each other which I feel is appropriate for the Musgroves and oh definitely for the Musgroves yeah and then we meet Mr. Elliot and oh god it's- <laughs> Henry so Golding. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Golding has a face. <laughs> I was like, if I was Anne, I totally would have fell for Mr. Elliot. I know I've said this before, but it would surely have disastrous consequences. But I don't oh, think for I sure. myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, not when he looks like that. <laughs> I just liked how um, put together he was. He just seemed very like, I don't know, like, like the perfect meet cute and like his clothing looked perfect. He had the perfect hat. Uh, I don't know. It just <laughs> made sense. I was like, oh, no wonder it's like one of these things where it's like, you can't stop thinking about that person. Yeah. Whew, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a scene where they talk on the beach in which mm-hmm. they're, they like, oh, we're friends. And I feel like it doesn't happen in the book, but it's kind of in the spirit of what happens after Luis's fall when they kind of are right. like, oh, you know, they kind of reset the relationship a little. But Mr. Elliot in this adaptation does serve the same purpose of making Wentworth step up his game. <laughs> exactly. And it seems more like apparent, like we get more of the view into Wentworth seeing all these things happening. Yeah. And Anne swimming in the water felt very persuasion. And I was like, how cold is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's probably, did she, I can't remember. She had all her clothes on still, right? Yeah, but that doesn't keep you warm in the water. <laughs> no, but I wonder if it's like a little bit better. I don't know. I know they have their swimming gowns that they have to wear a la Sanditon. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it just make it worse when you get out. But <laughs> it uh, yeah, depends on what time it is, I guess. <laughs> I really like the little gossiping scene about Mr. Mm-hmm. Elliot. That was very fun, especially Henrietta being like, ooh, I'd love to hear some gossip. <laughs> <laughs> she was like what's going on uh i did i love that scene where he comes out of his room and he runs into Anne, 
And he's like, now I have to tell you to move. Because I just love how like flirtatious she is with him. (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) But she's just like, so like, she's not like kind of awkward around him. She's so flirty and she feels like confident, which I really love about it. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the Anne from the book does that too. Yeah. I mean, not that she's necessarily flirty, but she never seems cowed by anyone. You know, right. she's not, she can stand toe to toe with Mr. Elliot. She talks with him just fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's not scared. I really almost thought that they might cut out the Louisa falling and being a complete dumbass mm. from this version. Because I was like, she's not a dumbass. So why would she jump off this? But I think that would just be a step too far for people if that were the case. Yeah. And I could, you know, I can understand like she's at that age where she's like maturity is there, but also the immaturity. And so she's just feeling flirty and she's been spending time with him. So, yeah. Although her fall was very shocking to me. (laughs) It always is. It's so jarring. Like, how is she not dead? How is she so dumb? <laughs> but they did kind of make it look, and I feel like if you're going to do a, a persuasion adaptation, mm-hmm. future ad- ad- adapters out there, just make it look like she slips the second time. You yeah. know, like there was no actual intention <laughs> to jump, but she just slips and falls on her head because otherwise she's too stupid for words. Okay. Right. <laughs> I agree. And it kind of feels like on the carriage ride home, that Wentworth has already made like this realization of, oh, now I have to marry her because she felt like, <laughs> right. Up, which usually someone has to tell him, but <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it all the more dramatic. Like what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. So then we go. Oh, then before we go back to bath though, we have some lady wrestle time, some Michaelmas time, if you will, <laughs> which <laughs> no one ever talks about, but Lady Russell has one of my favorite lines. This is the scene where I'm like, oh, I am Lady Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Where she's like, do you know whose company I always enjoy? My own. (laughs) I love that line. I love that's why I love this Lady Russell because she seems so, I don't know, like she just seems so cool. I was like, yeah, who would have thought Lady Russell was like the coolest person? Well, I mean, we should have all known because Anne exactly. likes her the best. Exactly. And she never felt the need to remarry. She had her love. She mm-hmm. now is pretty much independent. And in this version, she likes to go on European vacations to get a little... To see what... <laughs> right. <laughs> I did like the line that uh, Anne had where she was like... she was well, After she said that she enjoys her own company, she's like, yeah, but don't you ever miss company like don't you ever miss quote unquote (laughs) being with someone (laughs) and she's like "Eh, you know (laughs) that's what Europe is for (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, there are a few very modern lines like um, she says he's a 10 I never trust a 10 (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's the relatability back to bath I love Sir Walter still. Yes, hilarious. I, it's nice that Elizabeth can actually play the piano. She does have some skills, which makes mm-hmm. sense. I don't know if they ever talk about it in the book, but like if Anne learned, you would think Elizabeth definitely would have learned from her mother. Yeah. Or her, you know, she's so. She's got to have something to brag about. Yeah. And I really love how blunt and forthright Mr. Elliot is. And <laughs> it makes sense that it would work on Anne. 
<laughs> and are you going to wear that? <laughs> this is very funny. Yeah, I really, I feel so much more like connected to Anne in this version. They go to visit the doll Rumples, and one of the, younger, <laughs> the younger doll Rumple looks like a young Olivia Coleman. It's yes. crazy how much like her she looks like. Her. That was crazy. <laughs> and Anne, the octopus diversion dream thing was one of my favorite moments. If only Jane Austen had written this scene because I know. it was hilarious. <laughs> um, I love that scene, and I love the scene before where. Sir Walter finds out that the Lady Dalrymple is coming to Bath mm-hmm. and he slams his cup down and they're all like, oh my God, what's wrong? And he's like, joy, I'm experiencing joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny the way he read that line. And it works so well, the octopus scene with her family because they're all like, mm-hmm. look how great we did getting the Dalrymples on our side. And it's like, yeah, it's because Anne told her crazy octopus story. Like, exactly. <laughs> Before that, no and nobody one ever anything. acknowledges that, which is, so very accurate exactly i said bath is always so bath (laughs) (laughs) it's always kind of they've got that row of buildings yeah like this is bath (laughs) you always know when you're in bath like it's like oh we're in bath because it just looks the same it always feels Mm -hmm. the same it's always very wet in bath yep well because the baths i assume and it's actually (laughs) taking a bath in the next scene that i wrote down because Louisa and her captain, their mm. engagement gets announced, and poor Anne, she has to go take a sad crying bath, which right. is appropriate. And then uh, we get some mini cakes, and I was like, I want a mini cake, of course, because I'm I want to see something delicious <laughs> on TV. I want to eat it. <laughs> I loved this bakery scene just because, like, we get a sweeping shot of all of the delicious food, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's why I'm like. And it might be like a personal thing, but I'm just so interested in like the food of that time because it was all like over the top presentation. So I was like, oh, I love the scene. Yeah. My birthday's coming up. So I was like, how many cakes can I have? <laughs> <laughs> how many mini professionally styled cakes can I get? Uh, one of my favorite little exchanges during this because Whitworth comes in and mm-hmm. Mr. Elliot comes in and. <laughs> He, she's like he calls her a creature and she says please don't call me a creature and he's like yeah. and she's like a woman woman would be good he's like no, yeah no, like creature. <laughs> i did love that line and wentworth is feeling all of his own feelings in this scene mm-hmm. and i'm like you shouldn't have flirted with louisa for so long shut <laughs> mm-hmm. up gone after what you wanted but yeah and then mr elliot goes to being the worst when they go to the concert and Mm -hmm. he's like constantly interrupting them because he knows what he's doing because mr elliot knows what he's doing (laughs) yeah he definitely seems more like conniving but not in like an evil way in this version i feel like you can definitely tell like oh he's definitely trying to get in between them (laughs) he's trying to kind of Make Anne think one thing. Totally. If it wasn't for his marriage to Miss Clay or Mrs. Clay at the end, I probably would think he could still be a murderer in this version, but I feel like that really <laughs> yeah. like, adjusts my view of him. Yeah. He's, in this version, he's definitely giving me the vibes of like, I'm scheming, but I'm also equally dumb as these other dumb characters who think that they can get away mm-hmm. with stuff. <laughs> so I don't think he'd be he's like not smart enough in this version to be a murderer 
uh, when the lady started singing Cooper, my my puppy, he Cooper. perked up and he was like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> he is an opera fan. Yep. He, he likes singing. <laughs> Mary comes back. She's hilarious. She's like, ever <laughs> since Louise's accident, it's made me realize how important it is to spend time away from one's children. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we also just get and looking at like just a glance at the camera. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we get all the way to the letter writing scene and she still does not know that Louisa is married to Benick. It's like, could we please set the records right here, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> Ask one question. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. But she finds out as the universe has perfect timing, as mm-hmm. um, I believe Harville is pointing out. And she reads the letter and as she's running across town, very... Sally Hawkins, reminiscent. First thing she does is run into Mr. Elliot and Miss Clay making out. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. And we get to hear the whole letter. We get a long time of a modern song playing while mm-hmm. they embrace in the streets. <laughs> and normally in the book, this is where we get to hear all of the entirety of his feelings for her. But since we've right. sparsed that out in the adaptation, we don't have to hear it all right now. And then we get a wedding, and it's not who you expect. It's Mrs. Clay mm-hmm. and Elliot, <laughs> Mr. Elliot, I guess now Mrs. Elliot, getting married, which was always a possibility in the book. And we finally get to see Charles Hayter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I feel like we didn't get uh, a lot. Of, I mean, we don't get we get more Louisa in the book, definitely. But I also really liked Henrietta in this version. So I was like, I kind of wish we got more Henrietta. Stuff. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of her actually. Like she was always showing up without Hater. Like yeah, she was always in the background. But we didn't get a lot of like talking to her. But yeah, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And I was getting teary during the way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone's in love. <laughs> I do love Anne's, her speech about like falling in love and how it's like all about timing. And I feel like the yeah. way she talks about it, it almost is like that, like Jane Austen neat bow that she gives at the end of her stories where it's just like, you know, we can disregard the messiness because it was all like meant to be. It was all fate. Yeah. And I forgot to mention it, but there was a really funny, well, I don't know if really funny, but it was funny to me, <laughs> joke or a moment when Anne was peeing and Louisa was like, will you teach me how to use the sextant? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> then at the end, she's the one getting the sextant lessons. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wrote I wrote on my notes, sticker. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny callback. It's just a good callback. Yeah. And it ends with a beautiful shot of pulling back from the cliffs of whatever whatever (laughs) honestly i love this version i really love it it's Uh probably my favorite persuasion adaptation i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah i liked it a lot and it's definitely one that i can rewatch because it has those really funny moments yeah It took us a long time to get through it because <laughs> I feel like we normally would have done this one in two episodes, but so maybe we won't do a, a sorting of anyone, mm-hmm. but you want to do final thoughts at least? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, like I said, I love this version. It makes me really excited for any future modern adaptations, not modern adaptations, but like adaptations that we'll get because I mean, loved the Emma adaptation we got with Anya Taylor-Joy. That was really great. And then this one was really great. They look great and they're really funny. And so, and I just like how we're getting these female director perspectives. And I feel like it's really doing the work justice. So it just makes me excited for any future ones that we're going to get. Yes, please do not be so negative that they decide they don't want to do Jane Austen adaptations. We want as many as possible. Yes. Encourage them. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. I want more. I don't have the resources. I don't have the resources to start my own Jane Austen production company, which I would love. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, maybe, you know, if you didn't like it, come back to it in a little bit when all the the hullabaloo has died down and give it another shot. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any favorite parts? Oh, my God. I loved a lot of them. I loved the jam mustache scene. That was really funny. (laughs) I think personally... Almost every single scene with Mary was hilarious to me. The only scene I didn't like was when Louisa was in bed and she made Anne leave. That was like very annoying. But every every other quip that that was that was appropriate. (laughs) Exactly. Every other quip that Mary has is, I think, it's just hilarious to me. And I love Mary. I think she's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's great because you've loved Mary across the versions. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Mary stan. I can't help it. (laughs) what about you i really i just really loved Anne. i loved her just you know getting to experience her as a not sad person (laughs) (laughs) she's still sad but she's not a sad person you know right she has her moments and she still has a vibrancy and i just really enjoyed the humor I really loved this version. I thought it felt more like how I experience persuasion when I read it mm-hmm. than the Agreed. other adaptations. They've I always agree. felt like, what are you seeing in this book that you're going <laughs> to make this adaptation? That's what it always feels like to me. I mean, not that I don't enjoy them because I do, but like, I feel like they, the other adaptations have contributed to persuasion being my least favorite book. And mm. this one contributes it to going up a notch in my estimation. Huh. I, I, yeah, I could totally see that. So I love it. I can't wait to watch it again sometime next year. <laughs> yeah. And hey, let's still make that other one that was in the works. Yeah, let's pick it back up. Maybe uh, do it next year and we'll have another persuasion to do next year. Yeah. You know what we could really use? A Northanger Abbey adaptation. Let's have one of those, yeah. please. It's been a while. <laughs> I want to like a high There's quality only movie. Two. There's only two. And they're maybe two of my favorite Jane Austen adaptations that there are. So Ooh, make yeah. another Northanger Abbey. <laughs> yeah. I would love a, a new one that has like the looks and the, I don't know, like devotion that these have had towards them to kind of like uplift yeah. them. Yeah. And hey, we didn't get a chance to do a deep dive in this episode because we're sticking to our one hour limit. But <laughs> yes. If there's a character from this particular adaptation that you think we should deep dive, let us know and we'll do it on the next check-in. Yeah, because a lot of these characters are, they just have like a totally different vibe than the other adaptations and sometimes even the book. So we could totally have different outcomes for our Definitely, deep dives. definitely. Like this and Elliot 
I could see being a Leo. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure we did not classify her as Leo before. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely in the other adaptation, she was a heavy water side. <laughs> oh my god and the sally hawkins one probably a pisces but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah let us know if you would like to get in touch with us you can email us at manners madness at gmail.com you can dm us on twitter at manners madness or on instagram at manners the madness pod or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at manners madness.com And if you'd like to support the show, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you prefer. We also have a donate button on our website, mannersandmadness.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.